If you're a small business owner looking to grow or expand your business, check out OnDeck Business Loans. OnDeck offers business loans online from $5,000 to $500,000, and their simple application process only takes 10 minutes. Unlike banks, they'll give you a decision quickly, and funding is as fast as one day. Get a free consultation with an OnDeck loan advisor. Visit OnDeck.com podcast. This is the Customer Equity Accelerator. If you are a marketing executive who wants to deliver bottom line impact by identifying and connecting with revenue generating customers, then this is the show for you. I'm your host, Allison Hartsoe, CEO of Ambition Data. Each week, I bring you the leaders behind the customer-centric revolution who share their expert advice. Are you ready to accelerate? Then let's go. Welcome, everyone. Today's show is about how you move from data science to data storytelling. And to help me discuss this topic is Golrez Khan. Golrez is a senior data scientist at Microsoft. Golrez, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here, Alison. Can you tell us a little bit more about your background? I mean, no one actually starts as a data scientist. How did you get into data science and how were you drawn to the storytelling topic? Definitely. So I'm Gulrez Khan. I'm a senior data scientist in Microsoft and I'm working in the office division. To be specific, I'm working on a very interesting new product called Microsoft Stream. It's like YouTube for enterprises where you can create, manage, and share the videos securely within your organization. As a data scientist, I'm helping our product managers take informed decisions about what are the next set of things we should be working on to help delight our customers. And this involves lots of interesting work for a data scientist, like defining the right metrics to focus on, doing user segmentation, identifying the DNA of successful organizations, uh, predicting which uh, organizations are going to be churned, and many more. But the most important aspect of my work is being able to tell stories with data because humans connect the most with stories. And the last I checked, we are still dealing with humans at this point. So... That is so true. I I love what you said there, that humans connect the most with stories. And uh, it it does sometimes seem when we're in the data space that it's all data, data, data all day long. So tell me a little bit about why should I care about data storytelling if my work is data science? Right. So how many times, like we all have been in those conference rooms, in those meetings, where everyone is just buried in their laptops? And they have got this magical device in their hand called cell phone through which they are tweeting, retweeting, whatnot. How do you get their attention, right? So the audience Mm -hmm. decides in the first two minutes whether or not you to pay attention to the presenter. And you have got just two minutes. The clock is ticking, tick, tick, tick. And if you just start with the boring jargons, boring algorithms, you would lose the audience right away. So always... uh, I try to start with a story because there's a lot of work that we all do as a data scientist. We spend a lot of time doing those uh, data massaging, data cleanup, and then applying the algorithms. And then we get excited that, hey, we have improved the accuracy of a model by 2%. 
but what does that mean to a product manager who hardly understand these uh, specific things so that's where storytelling is really important you want the engagement of the audience and uh, that's where like uh, you start with a story and then the second principle that i use is uh, storytelling with data like there are two different things first is just getting the attention through a person's story or something and then the second thing is when you are presenting the data you present it in a form through some preventive attributes so that uh, within a very small time the audience get the message right away what uh, we are trying to deliver and uh, what i have seen is that as a data scientist we struggle with this piece of work about communication most of the times it's just the last 30 minutes before the meeting is when you would see that we are creating the powerpoint or presentation mm-hmm. so i think that's not the right way to deliver your work that i i laugh because i have been there and i understand what that's like 30 minutes before and you're spending every last minute trying to find what's the right way to communicate but sometimes the right way to communicate is to connect and that's actually what we're doing when we're telling a story as we're connecting to the hearts of our audience right exactly yeah. and you 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 asked how it all started so uh, i have a story for that as well <laughs> oh tell it so, tell it yeah so it was a time when i was very busy at work and was hardly paying any attention at home so while i was improving the satisfaction of a product in office the net satisfaction at my home was going down my wife and daughter were unhappy with it so i thought i'll do something to make them happy and one fine day what i did is i said all right today i'm going to rest my neural network and have quality time with uh, you guys good for listening you listening to this <laughs> listening to this my wife standing in the kitchen she said uh, she gave me a smile back and my daughter fixed her own she yelled yeah today we going to play with legos legos i thought i wanted to rest my neural network but i didn't have any option <laughs> with her so i said all right bring it on so she brought all these different colors legos they were red greens blues white yellows in all different shapes and sizes and i started playing with it I, and i started doing the work that i do the most etl extract transform load with all those lego pieces <laughs> and uh, after spending some uh, 30 minutes with these legos i had three creations the number one was an apple tree the number two was mikey a sofa and uh, the number three was uh, the much awaited and a much rumored surface phone a product of microsoft <laughs> nice. so looking at my inventions my daughter giggled like she laughed and then she asked me a question baba does this phone sleep on the sofa or did someone leave it in the park under the tree so basically what she was craving for she was craving for a story i had these three different pieces that i created after doing all those etl things uh, but there was no connection i just presented it to my daughter that hey these are three different stuff that i created but she satisfied with that <laughs> she so she i also she asked that and then i said baba spent so much time on it why don't you create any story you want and like a child she would uh, play around and she started uh, creating a story 
But her question kept coming back to me when I was working because uh, at the end, this is what I was doing. I was doing all the data massaging, data cleanup, ETL and all that stuff. And I would put that in a dashboard and throw it at my business users or the product managers. And I'll tell them, hey, I've done all this work. Now it's your job to create any story that you want and just fit in. So there was definitely uh, a kind of analogy or a good connection that I saw. So that's when I thought maybe I need to do something different to be able to tell a story. I need to go a step further. And that's when I started uh, using storytelling, uh, first to get the attention of the audience. Uh, and then uh, I used uh, the principles of storytelling with data, like the pre-attentive attributes. Mm-hmm. How do you use annotations? You use colors. You use animation. There are different aspects, all these things. And uh, that has helped in a, in a big way. And even with my current product that I'm working on, Microsoft Stream, what we do is we create videos. So right now in my organization, whenever I am, uh, I, I, I've done any analysis or some work and I want to reach out to the audience, I would record it as a video and share it across. Because emails, not uh, enough insights would go over there or people might not read it uh, because there are other 1,200 emails to go through. So along that way, when you're presenting a situation, are you architecting the, the a story in the classic way of, um, you know, building to a climax with different characters, which I think would be different than if I was just taking you through a report? Exactly. So that's where, like, uh, that's a very important piece of a story, what happens. Um, and I've got another story for it. Um, yeah. Uh, if you, yeah. <laughs> so, so basically, like, um, the situation, let me describe the situation here. So I was working in one of our products, and uh, the product there, um, uh, we had a lot of vanity metrics that uh, our product team was looking into. Every day, uh, they were obsessed with these metrics, like monthly active users, page views, and a lot of these things. And my job as a data scientist was, like, uh, to first look into all this uh, data uh, uh, and then see what's going on, like uh, uh, what are the, these different types of metrics which uh, people are looking at this point, and then come up with uh, a metric that matters uh, for our users. So what is that metric that is bringing people back again? So to define it as a retention. So what is mm-hmm. the time to a retention? So that's what I was trying to do. and. Uh, since it was kind of a change, uh, culture change for our team, I had my audience and I started with a story. And the story goes like this. So the story is about a king called Ratanlal in a very small town of India called Ratlam. Ratanlal was a well-built man with big moustaches, but a poetic heart. He was famous all over the world for his amazing poetry. And he would often draw inspiration from his beautiful wife, Queen Rani, one fine day. He was reciting his new poem to the queen. And the queen was looking at him with all the love in her eyes. And uh, then suddenly something happens. The queen started running here and there. Then she started jumping. 
and now she's standing on the chair. Natanlal was confused. He was puzzled. He asked, what happened, my dear? To that she responded, your majesty, there is a rat. Rats were a common problem in Ratlam those days. There were thousands and thousands of rats all over the city. But this time, the king was angry. He said, let the message be sent out to the people of Ratlam that whoever kills a rat and bring it over will get $5. The news spread like fire. Everyone, everyone started hunting for rats left and right. A few weeks passed by, but the king was still unhappy. The reason was, with the smell of all those dead rats that people were bringing to the courtyard, the atmosphere was less than what you would call as poetic. So he signed another executive order. He said, you don't have to bring the whole rat. You can just cut the tail of the rat uh, and bring it uh, to get the bounty. And now uh, that's what was happening. And looking at the metrics, so this is where I make the connection with the metric. So looking at the metrics, what was happening was, after one month, people were killing 1,000 rats every day. After two months, there were 2,000 rats. Like that, after six months, there were 20,000 rats being killed every day. So looking at this matrix, it looks like the problem should be solved now or should be close to solved now. But they barely made a dent to the original problem. And the king ordered an inquiry. There were two observations. First was, there were lots of illness rats roaming all over the city. So people were not <laughs> killing the rats, they would just cut the tail of the rat and they are just getting the bounty. The second was, there was a budding industry of people breeding rats. So they wanted uh, five dollars, <laughs> so they not uh, kill the rat. They are breeding rats, there are more rats now. So the essence is, uh, the the metric that you choose is a very important thing. It could lead to some unintended uh, incentives. So that's what like the stories that I told and uh, it was like the audience was able to connect, uh, they, were, uh, they were laughing. And now the, since they came into this neutral ground, that's when I started pitching about, hey, these are these vanity metrics that we are looking at this point. And could they lead to some unintended incentives like the example we talked about the rats. So that was a humor. The, and then we, were, we all were on the same page and there was a good discussion that happened afterwards. Instead, if I would have just gone hey, say, saying that, hey, we look at all these different metrics which you are so obsessed with, now I want to change everything because my algorithm says this is a new metric that we should be looking into. It would have been a different response. Absolutely. Oh my gosh, I love this example because you know what happened as as I was listening to your story, I have to tell you, within from from minutes like zero to two, I was a bit skeptical. I was like, where is he going with the story? What is this all <laughs> about? But by minute two, you had me. And it was just like what you were saying up um, when we talked at the beginning. It was just like uh, what you said, that there is an 
a first two minutes where you have to grab someone's attention and suddenly at the second minute I actually cared <laughs> what happened and then as you built on the story I could see the connection coming so it wasn't so much distance that I couldn't you know anticipate where you were going to go but suddenly my mind is thinking where are all the rat instances of you know <laughs> metrics and now you've got this colorful antidote that everybody understands understands and is probably amused by what a great success and and it sounds like that's what happened everybody was laughing and identifying those vanity metrics yeah and the important part is people remember these stories so even now when we have these hallway discussion after a few months they talk about rags when they talk about a certain metric they will refer the example of rags so this is a big success that uh, the audience went away with the message which will be there with them instead what happens is that a uh, lot of times you attend so many meetings in office how many of those you remember even the next day even when ask you so that's the importance of story and uh, i i think uh, i i've been working on it and there are a lot of uh, good people telling a lot of interesting stories so maybe we should all learn from uh, all these things and use that in your office right you don't have to just think about uh, the, the discussions with your friends you can make uh, entertain your audience and uh, do the work as well make it fun and you know one reason i i particularly like this topic is because in previous episodes on the show we've talked with other people who are um, at the chief analytics officer level and they're trying to get their message across and they're working with data scientists and one of the things they routinely tell me is they value most highly two people on the team one the person who can tell the story with the data who can make it relatable and to the one who can put the production schedules together so that the team is producing what the what the organization needs in terms of the right data analyses so this is incredibly strong and powerful not just because you're communicating but because it is having an impact in the organization exactly So I've been in some of those conferences and discussion panels. I was uh, in a data science conference in Seattle. In discussion panel, someone was asking, uh, like, what is the most important thing as a data scientist that you guys do? And there were different topics people were discussing. But I think the uh, most important thing that uh, as a data scientist, as a budding data scientist, if you want to do is learn to be able to tell stories. learn to be able to simplify things and present it in a way that anyone can attend uh, 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 understand mm-hmm. that's the first principle and then the second principle is like storytelling with data where you use these different concepts because the attention span as we talked is very little so when i was talking about the stories uh, this was the introduction i got your attention and now when i'm presenting the numbers I use those preventive attributes to tell the story. Like uh, I can present all these colorful charts, uh, like the Lego structures, but I want you to pay attention to just a specific thing over there. Like a magician, like on a stage, they would focus your attention on a very specific thing. That's where you can use these preventive attributes like color, size, shape, uh, orientation. all these different things to be able to tell a story 
which is again becomes a very powerful thing. Got it. That that makes sense. Do you think the the story needs to be along the lines of a fable in order to not have to go such a long way to get a little nugget? And a you know, fable is fairly compact and concise. Does it matter what kind of story you're telling or what kind of model you pull from? Yeah, so it depends on different things. Like it depends on your personality as well. I think uh, you can tell a very uh, interesting story about a title that you are excited about. So if uh, I start talking about uh, a different story that I'm not able to connect to myself, you will not see the emotions when I'm telling the story. Uh, maybe I'm just talking about, uh, let's say, Star Trek, and then everyone is just talking about it. But personally, I'm, I'm not attached. I'm not a Star Trek fan. Uh, no offense to anyone, but uh, I haven't seen that movie. So mm-hmm. if I haven't seen that movie and I just read about it and be able to try to tell the story, uh, I'll not be able to convince, uh, like, go with that uh, uh, emotion. So you should always be te- telling stories about something that you are able to connect and be able to convey things with it. And eventually everything boils down to the concept that you are trying to deliver. So that's where uh, I I think we need to do. And again, as you said, uh, it necessarily doesn't have to be a very long story. I don't have to tell a whole movie uh, to be able to connect. And I think uh, I I need to work more on that (laughs) because at times I can stretch uh, more about the story and then less more about uh, uh, how, how fast we can deliver. I have a very clear vision of you, Gores. It's, it's, you're sitting under an apple tree with a Surface iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so waxing poetic. That. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> okay. Do you have another example of the type of impact you've gotten from storytelling? So, yes, there was uh, another example. So, basically... Uh, before working in uh, in this product called uh, Microsoft Stream, I was working in a group called Worldwide Learning in Microsoft, wherein we create online courses, um, which anyone can take. So it's MOOCs, massive open online courses, which anyone can take uh, from anywhere. And our courses are hosted on edX. So basically, uh, what I was doing was uh, we were working, uh, we, we call it learning science. So, and I was using data science uh, to uh, work on this learning science stuff. Uh, and what I wanted to show was, uh, I wanted to show that there are these different types of users. So when we talk about user segmentation, I wanted to say, okay, there are certain users who have got certain DNA and they would do things differently versus the other. Mm-hmm. But uh, then we I started with the stories, and uh, I had this in one of a uh, conference in Chicago as well. And the story goes like this. Um, this was, uh, again, a time when I was spending too much time in office, and uh, my spouse uh, was not uh, very happy. So I thought I'll do something to make her happy. And this time what I did is I took her to a Bollywood movie called mm-hmm. Dangal. So Dangal is like means wrestling. And in this movie, like it was about uh, a character who would, uh, who was a wrestler, and he would go on to teach wrestling to his daughters. Mm. 
uh, in a very remote part of uh, India. It was a good movie, and we had good time. But the most important thing was my wife was now happy. And uh, the next morning, uh, I kissed her goodbye and left for office. And I would have just parked my car in the office garage. That's where I heard a buzz. It was my wife on WhatsApp. She sent me an image of the actor. Like uh, he went through an amazing transformation uh, to be a wrestler in the movie. So there were these two pictures, like before and after, if you could visualize. And um, so that was a, a picture that she sent. But I knew what was coming next, and uh, I started all this. Uh, <laughs> So, so basically what she was trying to do was like, hey, if he could do it, you should also go to gym and do all these things. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I thought was coming back. And uh, I said, all right, uh, let me look at it. And I've uh, mustered all my neurons and sent her a different uh, uh, image. And uh, this image was, uh, again, a before and after conversion. And the before and after, everything was seen. But uh, the only thing that got changed was, uh, in that one year with that guy was um, he had a watch and before uh, in the after picture he didn't have a watch so that was the <laughs> so, prop that i was using so he looked exactly the same exactly yeah so i said like uh, uh, maybe like these are uh, different kind of people who go these amazing transformation right so what is what are those things which will make uh, some people to go to gym uh, and then follow through those uh, things and go through those amazing transformations. And uh, what, uh, uh, sorry, like I, I'm not using the prop right now, but uh, basically like what I did is I used uh, Google Trends and uh, what I saw was when I searched for gym, you would see a peak which happens every first week of January, uh, every year. And that's where like, people are searching for gym. So even if you go now, Google, go to Google Trends and search for gym, and you'll see the trend. Every year you'll see a peak happening in January, and it goes down. So these are people who are searching for gym in the first week of uh, January, and they are very excited about this thing, that, hey, I, want, I have got this New Year resolution, and I'll lose this weight, and I'll go through this amazing transformation. But there's just one peak that happens. And then they, most of us naturally don't follow through. But there are these people like uh, the actor that uh, I was talking about who went through this amazing transformation and uh, had this body transformed. And then what I did is like uh, after uh, my discussion with my wife over the phone, I went to office and uh, I did this. Uh, I was doing some analysis and it was about the people who take our courses. And uh, what I see was, I see a similar trend. Every time when we launch our course, we see a big jump. So if you can visualize, you've got the x-axis, which is uh, time, and the y-axis, which is uh, the number of people taking our courses. So every time when we launch our course, we see a big uh, jump, like you'll see a big uh, peak happening, and then it tapers off. It was very similar to what we were seeing for people who were looking uh, for gym, right? So mm -hmm. it's kind of a DNA of the thing, right? So there are people who do these amazing transformation in the gym. Similar to that, there are people who go through amazing transformation 
by taking the courses they some of uh, those people would go on and uh, complete the courses and uh, do those things but not everyone does that so that was kind of a storytelling that i started and uh, and with that i was able to gain gain uh, the attention of the audience uh, they were able to laugh they were able to connect and uh, i talked about two different things i talked about dna of uh, Uh, users and I talked about DNA of the programs. So there are different programs that we were running as part of worldwide learning, and similar to that, I had an analogy of people going to gym, and uh, there are DNA of people going to the gym and the DNA of the program that they are participating in. So there are there are programs like twenty twenty, thirty twenty. So is it uh, the DNA of the program which is resulting in people to go through this transformation? or is that the dna of the individual as well uh, similar to that uh, the i have i was connecting that is it dna of our users who go on taking the courses and completing it or is it kind of a dna of a program and then i had this data set which i was referring to uh, the data visualization which we which i was referring to these different programs which was kind of displaying a dna of a program based on how many people started and completed in what time so so that so that was another good story where uh, i was able to connect to the audience instead of just uh, going directly and jumping uh, with uh, the jargons and the uh, uh, algorithms so yeah, that that was again a good success yeah and and in that story again you're connecting to the heart first and uh, you're connecting to um the the customer here the the user of the worldwide learning system so you've you've started you're actually connecting in multiple dimensions so you've got the story and you're connecting to your audience but you're helping your audience see your customers and the dna of those customers which i think helps them release certain expectations such as everyone has to complete a course if you make the analogy to the gym then maybe they understand that hey it's okay if not everyone and completes but what is it that we're trying to get people to do with this given program is that how the conversation kind of progressed exactly so even if you look now like uh, according to the stats like 5 to 7% of people actually can uh, complete any courses that they are taking so that's what uh, we were doing and after that uh, discussion uh, in the conference a lot of people they came to me and they said that was a very good uh, analogy because all of us uh, try to go and participate in the gym a uh, lot of us also go and participate in online pro- programs to improve our skills but not everyone of us completed so with that like there was a connection people were able to connect and then once we have this connection what i was displaying through my data visualization technique was displaying a dna of a successful program what is the dna of a successful program looks like and how should the product managers use that dna in the next set of programs that they are releasing mm-hmm. do you think that you have to be careful in picking that analogy and what if you had picked an analogy like cooking or something else that wasn't as tight or might not have been or might have taken people down a, a heuristic path a, a shortcut of thinking about things that might have been incorrect how how careful do you have to be in your analogy picking 
I, I think we need to be very careful. And at times, like if you've got a creative mind and you start just uh, thinking about the stories uh, as I do, like sometimes driving and other things, sometimes it might not uh, stick to the audience. So what uh, one should do and uh, I do is I try to you to show it to my wife. Uh, like she gets uh, to hear my first story. She's an amazing coach. Like she looks and she provides all these different feedback. Hey, it doesn't make sense at all. Like this is a bad joke that you are using and all that uh, different perspective. So that's like she gets the first uh, cut. And then once uh, I get her approval, I try to change things on that. I'll tell the story to a couple of uh, close friends and uh, once they think that it's uh, making sense then when I, then that's when I start practicing like being an introvert I'm not uh, the person who talks a lot so I need to practice I practice in front of my six year old daughter and to the extent that she remembers some of the jokes or some of the stuff that I have in my talk so I think practicing and then getting some of uh, the verbal, some of the approval uh, or uh, maybe uh, from uh, certain people is very important, is how much time are we spending in communication, right? So as we were discussing previously, it was just 30 minutes before the presentation, that's when you were creating the slides. But now change it to 30% of my time is when I'm spending in communication picking up a story, then working with my wife and a few friends, and then practicing it multiple times before actually going out to the audience. Uh, so you said, I just want to come back to that. You said instead of spending 30% of your time in the preparation of the PowerPoint deck, you're spending 30% of your time thinking how will you communicate the story, which means that you've gotten through the PowerPoint. You know what you want to say. You're just looking for the most effective way to communicate it. So would you say this is an extra step? Uh, you know, most people go through a data analysis and don't go far enough? Yes. So what the most of us uh, do as a data scientist uh, and a data analyst is uh, we don't spend a lot of time in thinking about how would you communicate, uh, in thinking about who your audience is. Because we have spent so much time, we get excited about using all these algorithms and then massaging, we are passionate about that. We think it's a marketer's job or someone else's job to present it in a different way. But I think that's... Uh, that's where a growth mindset ticks in. We want to take her to the end level to be able to make an impact. And that's when like, you don't just have to spend 30 minutes before the presentation to create the slides. You spend more time. Like if you're spending, um, if you have got a, a 100% of your work as a data scientist, 30% of it is uh, something what I spend in communication. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Excellent. That's a that's a great benchmark. And I have to tell you, when I when I spoke up at Microsoft, uh, I guess back in June, uh, there was a, a fairly large audience up there, and I spent the night before with my nine year old son going over the presentation, and literally he fell asleep <laughs> in part of it, and I thought, oh gosh. I've got to work on the communication here. And I ended up flipping the presentation around because I could uh -huh. tell if he was bored, <laughs> what was the audience <laughs> going to do? <laughs> no, but I think that's a great uh, step. Uh, like you presented to your son, nine-year-old son, and 
then like you practice practice like you just don't go and show up so this is a, this is a great thing yeah yeah so so tactically like if i if i'm convinced and i want to take three different steps here or whatever the number of steps are i think what i've heard you say is to start with the connectors uh and maybe, well, actually, why don't I just put it to you? What would you say are your, you know, top tactical steps that someone should go through if they've decided they really want to be good at data storytelling? Yeah. So the number one thing that you need to think of is what do you want your audience to take away? Like, um, don't uh, think about uh, the stuff that you are going to present. Think about what you want them to take with them, right? So that's where everything starts. And uh, one of the the first thing that I would start after that is, how can I engage the audience in the first two minutes? Because mm-hmm. lots of meetings, people are busy, all that stuff. Uh, so think about the personal story that the audience would be able to connect. And uh, you'll have to think of different type of audience that you're presenting to and how much time you have, like that's also an important thing. So once you have that, uh, in the story, within the story, like uh, as I was discussing earlier, you start with connectors, like the characters, basically. So who is the story about? So in one of my example, it was my wife and daughter, like the lack of example. The second was, you present the situation, what's going on. So the situation is uh, there is a problem. I'm spending too much time at office and less time at uh, home. So uh, my satisfaction at home was going down. Then talk about how did you solve it. And then comes the very important aspect of connecting it with uh, the stuff that you are trying to deliver. For example, it's uh, are you talking about a retention rate or something else or whatever it is. So you try to connect uh, the story with uh, that thing. Uh, and then comes the part of using a visualization techniques. So you can tell stories with data. It's uh, how you use. Uh, uh, so again, like storytelling with data is also like writing a comic book. So in a very few frames, how can you tell the stories? You can use free attentive attributes. And you can uh, use animation. You can use text. So all that stuff. So as you see, there is a lot of things that we are doing in storytelling with data. You know, first you tell a story. Uh, how you tell the story is important. And then you talk about the data uh, uh, data visualization principles. And uh, then you, uh, you'll have the engagement and hopefully you'll be able to take it to the last mile. That's a very powerful framework. Let's Let's start with a bit of a summary and see if I can get right back to your framework, see if I've missed anything along the way here. Um, But along the course of our conversation, we started with how do you get their attention and using that as the first place and that that key being the first two minutes. If you use jargon, you've lost. Uh, and, And that's what proofing in front of your wife or your child or your daughter can can help can help you get to a better communication strategy. Um, But then you have to think about what are you going to get the audience to do? Uh, What is it that they, what action do you want them to take? And I think in many cases, 
in data science, we're sometimes, you know, we're excited to find a nugget of information, but we don't always take it all the way through into, and now what? Especially when it comes to the order of operations. Uh, for example, your second story about the Poet King, which was mm-hmm. all about aligning incentives. So, okay, I have this nugget of information, and I think there are some actions people should be taking based on it, but what is the second order? of operation behind that? Uh, What is the incentive Mm -hmm. that's driven behind that metric? And then what's the one behind that? And kind of, you know, unpacking that, that leads to really great conversations, which again, you can queue up with a fable or a simple story to get into Mm -hmm. those conversations. But if you started with just the jargon and the metrics, you wouldn't have connected with people's heart. They wouldn't care. And it's hard to get to that level of engagement. Mm Mm-hmm. Totally, I think you've captured it uh, pretty well. Good, good. Well, now, girls, if there are people who want to talk to you more and want to get in touch and say, hey, I have this idea, what should I do? Uh, is there a good way for people to reach you? Yeah, so uh, a lot of people connect through LinkedIn, and uh, I I try to respond as much as possible. So LinkedIn is a great way for people to reach out. Um you can find me, Gulrez Khan, and I think you can provide the details in the show notes, and uh, I think that should be a good start. Yeah, let me just clarify. Uh, it's Gulrez Khan, G-U-L-R-E-Z, Khan, K-H-A-N, and uh, they'll see you as the data scientist at Microsoft, and that should be enough narrowness to get somebody to you. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Good. Good. Well, Karaz, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show today, and we will put everything that we discussed on the AmbitionData.com podcast. I, I really liked your stories. They were so engaging, and they even though you're going through examples, I find myself thinking, and then what happens to the king? And then what happens to the wrestler? It's, it's a really charming approach. Uh, so thank you for sharing that with us. It's been a pleasure to talk to you, Alison. Remember, everyone, when you use your data effectively, and as we've talked about on this show, when you communicate it effectively, you can build customer equity. It is not magic. It's just a very specific journey that you can follow to get results. Thank you for joining today's show. This is your host, Alison Hartzell, and I have two gifts for you. First, I've written a guide for the customer-centric CMO, which contains some of the best ideas from this podcast, and you can receive it right now. Simply text Ambition Data, one word, to 31996, and after you get that white paper, you'll have the option for the second gift, which is to receive the signal. Once a month, I put together a list of three to five things I've seen that represent customer equity signal, not noise. And believe me, there's a lot of noise out there. Things I include could be smart tools I've run across, articles I've shared, cool statistics, or people and companies I think are making amazing progress as they build customer equity. I hope you enjoy the CMO guide and the signal. See you next week on the Customer Equity Accelerator.